0: Right, and welcome back to the latest installment of the Metal Oasis podcast with me, your host, Adam. And for now, my best friend, but in about 10 minutes, my enemy combatant, Orion. How you doing, buddy? Actually, but I don't
1: care how you're doing. Fuck you. You know what we need to play at the very beginning of this? We need to play the scene from Cable Guy when they are in the arena forced to do battle. Just play the audio of that. Just kick it off. I think that would be great.
0: All right. Uh, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about exactly. Uh, uh, sure. You'll it. has been probably it. 20 years since I've seen the
1: cable guy. I'm going to uh, find that scene and send it to you so you can laugh sweet. and
0: sweet. You and do that. So whilst we wait while your incompetence lags, got a fun episode planned for this evening. Um, aptly titled Head to Head. 40 episodes in now we'll be doing this podcast and you and I have been talking about metal songs, metal albums, how what we think, what we hate, what we love. And I think it's time that we put our money where our mouth is and put the songs that we like the most and put them head to head. This is something that... I've listened to music for years, right? And I think of songs, and they come with the same title. I'm like, how can two bands have the same song title? Which one's better? Let's put them head to head. So that's what we're going to do tonight. I get a song, you get a song, and we duke it out. And with special guest referee, the unbiased third party... The resident dungeon master is back with us, Chris. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Let's get it on. (laughs) Let's get it on. I'm gonna need you to be like the guy, the referee from Celebrity Deathmatch, and be like, "I'll allow it." (laughs) (laughs) Okay, can do. I'm gonna be as
2: impartial as possible, but I just, I imagine my like my temple vein is gonna be throbbing in anger at some of these uh, arguments. So we'll see how it goes.
0: So I'm just visioning this. It's like, okay, if we have a Metallica song we be like, you can't just say it's Metallica, mic drop, and you hear Chris is like, I'll allow it. It's like <laughs> so that is not a valid argument. We need a real debate. Son of a bitch. Let's see how it goes. See if you can sway me.
1: I'm not taking my clothes off this time. You lost. Yes. So
0: uh so Chris, what you been up to, man, since we last talked to you? Me? Just living life. Dungeon mastering. Yeah. Fighting Evil.
2: <laughs> Taming speaking Dragons. I don't know evil, what you want me to
0: say. <laughs> speaking of Fighting Evil, I have been listening to that Victorious album. Oh. Well, actually, the EP and then I guess the full length after it. Mm-hmm. Um What was it called again? Let me
2: just. the. Din- oh, I'll let you see. You. Go ahead.
0: Let me pull this shit up. Hold on. So I talked to Chris the other day and we were talking about preparing for all this nonsense and talking about bands. And he's like, yeah, but listen to this band called Victorious. I'm like, okay, okay, and he's like, they have a song with a solo that has the Power Ranger solo in it. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up just real quick, and like the very first song I see is Supersonic Samurai. I'm like, half yeah, <laughs> me, absolutely. Let's fucking go. The next ones are Victorious, Dino Gods, Dinosaur Warfare, Legend of the Power Saurus, and Twilight Skies. I'm like, okay.
2: Legend of the Power-Saurus is my
0: favorite. Well. So, you have the EP, which is called Dinosaur Warfare, Legend of the Power-Saurus, which that song definitely is fucking killer. But then on the follow-up, full-length, Dinosaur Warfare Part 2, The Great Ninja War, (laughs) (laughs) there's Jurassic Jet Fighters, which is just it's pretty obscenely great. Over the top.
2: Katana Kingdom Rising. I, I just <laughs> And Triceps Ceratops.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking that, like, that song too is fucking killing. I just all these songs just ridiculously over the top. I was like, God, I fucking love it. This is just, just great. So if you're interested if you just want some fun, weird power metal, check out Victorious in just Dinosaur Warfare. It's like mecha dinosaur. It's basically Power Rangers, essentially. Yes. So, um,
2: Glad you enjoyed.
0: I did enjoy it. So thank you very much for that recommendation. So um, Orion, what are you up to do? nuts.
1: There we go. Apparently, my I was just trying to say not sleeping and then I was muted while trying to tell you that I'm not sleeping because I'm so tired. Case in point. Earlier today, Heather had a card with a picture of a butterfly, and she was doing something with it. I was like, what are you doing with that umbrella? And she just stared at me, and I stared at her for a while. And then she's like, what the hell are you talking about? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, why did you call this an umbrella? And I don't recall saying that. So I haven't slept much in the past couple of days. So that's great. Otherwise, things are fine. Things are fine.
0: Remember, Remember, boys and girls, wear a condom.
1: PSA.
2: Adam uses feeble mind to your advantage.
0: Huh?
1: Yes. Thank. You. Oh well, no, you won because right, even so. even at my dullest, I am still <laughs> sharper than you are at your sharpest. No, I. No, you already lost. I'm already losing right now. Just wait. You
0: know they say steel sharpens
1: steel. Just wait until I crack this puppy open. I'm getting deeper in Ooh, there. Ooh,
0: code red. Well, is that a zero sugar code red, you pussy?
1: No zero sugar coda would probably just make me shit myself violently. So I just get the normal. You know about that, Adam?
0: <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? Diablo, the Lord of Terror. World comes round and round. So, well, let's let's dive into this, man. So last week we did a Marth with some Viking metal. Just what a fun, fun episode to kind of dive
1: into that world. Uh, any feedback out there from you, buddy? I think surprised at the amount of camaraderie in that episode for the most part, we were like, Yeah, that's yeah. I think there was only like one song we were like in somewhat disagreement. But otherwise we were just cruising. It was just like we were doing the the old, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator arm handshake clasp for pretty much every song. Uh this will be Literally the opposite of that, but yeah. it was good, it was good while it lasted.
0: This, this, this episode is going to be me going in for the handshake and not one, but just double fingers in your face.
1: Yep. Like, who gotcha, you dumb, bitch. and I'm just blowing smoke from my, my stove right into your face. Yeah, blowing smoke from your asshole, you dumb. Bitch. That's what I thought. Who you were eats say. who 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 smokes cigars with their buttholes? You winners, winners, <laughs> and then... no, thank you. Well, count me out. <laughs> I
0: fold. So, all right, so let's let's get to the episode at hand, man. So head to head, you know, I we actually talked about this back on the uh, Kill Switch Engage uh, as daylight dies episode, and I think I even brought it up on the very second episode with of My Valentine. So the whole like thing where you have metal bands or just bands in general releasing songs with the same titles. And it was eye of the storm by bullet from Valentine and that's like, and kill switch and cage. Yep. And I had made the comment, like, which one's better. Right. Cause all throughout my childhood, I've always wondered, you know, i not really wondered, but I guess just as a kid growing up, you hear a song, and it's like, Oh, that's called, I don't know, fucking whatever. And Years later you see another band release the same song called Whatever. Like, you can do that? Like I thought music had to be so unique to that one band. And like you couldn't have the same song title. So when I hear in the scene the first time where the bands had the same song title, I was like, Okay, I guess that's cool. I don't know. You're allowed to do that. So as time goes on, right? And now we see metal songs like Eye of the Storm. Okay, like which band does it better? And it's just a a weird, goofy thing I do inside my head. I'm like, oh, well, Switching Cage's version of Eye of the Storm is better. It's not the same song. It's not a cover. It just has the same song title. So I thought as a little break from our reviews week by week, we would do something a little bit more fun. And, you know, it's our 40th episode now, which is kind of (laughs) crazy to think. But, you know, we find metal songs that have the same titles and, I have one corner, you have the next or opposite <laughs> and go head to head. Yep. Shut up.
1: I'm ready to duke it out and really just argue that my side of the bracket are all winners and it will be tough at times. And you, I may, in fact, be lying at times, but you'll never know.
0: That's the whole lovely, I guess, side of what called is called debating. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz you're right. Cuz there are some songs where it's like, yeah, I like this song
1: not as much as your song. <laughs> <laughs> I will never admit to fate though.
0: But we must choose our side and sides have been chosen. Yep. And Chris will be quartered and drawn if he does not oh my pick God. the right winner.
1: I thought we agreed regardless of whether or not. He- I didn't sign up for that.
2: What well, a good he- clean fight, he here, gentlemen.
1: Well, it'll and be clean until to the CMO. We- Draw and corner you, and then it will not be clean anymore. All
2: right. As long as you play a uh, four horsemen while you're
0: drawing quarter me, we're good. Yes. Well, we can't because there's not another song called four horsemen.
1: So we'll play it anyways. Okay. Oh, you know what? We should. Well, no, that would be a whole other thing. I was going to say play four horsemen and then mechanics, but that's not the same name Four Horsemen's nope,
0: better. Not, it does not qualify.
1: And we'll Let's understand kiss. later
0: that some of these songs do not qualify, but we'll get there <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, hey, whatever.
0: All right. So here's the criteria. You can't just say that, oh, it's by X-Band, suck it, it's better.
1: That was my the... argument for my entire side of the bracket, so I have to change Perfect. that.
0: Perfect. All right, so Chris, as our guest referee, you've been tasked with awarding a winner based on the argument. And the debate criteria de- involves lyrical content, uh, overall musical skill, and musicianship, overall composition of songs, and that's about it. Any questions?
2: Not my opinion of those three criteria, but how you present those three criteria is how I'm
0: understanding this. It's, you have to decide, okay, you have to decide, like, who gives the better argument?
2: That's what, okay, that works. I'm and ready. The better I'm argument ready.
0: And, you know, it's, there are some heavy hitters coming on this list. And, um, yeah. So I'll I, uh, go, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I'm going to make a just pre educated guess, not on which way it's going to sway one way or another. I would argue that there's one, I'm going to, before I say the name of it, I have one line on this that i have tagged will be the hardest for chris and i'll see if i'm right when we finish okay i think i know which one it is you might know which one it is or you might not we'll see we'll find out we'll find out All out. all
0: right well let's quit pussyfooting around it so chris why don't you lead us off with what the first song shall be
2: all right about one for the evening is the song's Nothing Left by Rise to Remain and As I Lay Dying. Adam, you will be defending Rise to Remain's Nothing Left, and Orion afterwards will be defending As I Lay Dying's song of the same
0: title. All right, so let's just take a little quick gander. We'll do both songs back to back, and then we'll set the stage. Sound good, ladies and girls?
1: I am ready. All right. Round one. Fight.
0: <laughs> remains nothing left next track Song's been played. Who goes first?
2: Let's have Adam's Rise to Remains version of Nothing Left begin the bout.
0: Fight. All right, so I think that this version of Nothing Left is far superior than As I Lay's Dying. As I Lay's Dying version, As I Dying's version. Oh, there you go. Um, So already rattled. If y'all don't know, Rise to Remain has the lead vocalist named Austin Dickinson. You may be familiar with that last name, uh, by Bruce Dickinson. And yes, that is the spawn of the chief of Iron Maiden, the pilot. And yeah, that's Austin Dickinson on lead vocals. And he sounds fucking awesome. And this song doesn't have any harsh vocals, but this man can flip a switch and do heavy screeches, hard guttural vocals. And it's just a fucking beast on this album, but nothing left is killer. It's got these really tight, crunchy guitars. It's very of the metalcore scene, which I think they do it better. Uh, you have, you know, I- I'm sorry that I mean Aslan can't can't even compete with the soaring vocals, this higher this big range that he has on here. And we didn't hear, it, but the solo on this song is fucking top notch. It is just about thirty minute, thirty seconds, excuse me, of just fretboard magic in sex. Okay. Hmm. hmm.
3: Could we
2: maybe hear a, a little sh- snippet of said sex on a on a fl- fretboard there?
0: Wait one second. Like I said, sex on the fretboard, just groovy as fuck. In the fact that they can take metalcore, just drama and angst, and make it super bobby and catchy and groovy. So I'm just saying, that's that's
1: what I got. Okay, okay. Well, uh, yeah, it's interesting. They both have the, the the same name, but the only thing they have in common. Because my song is way better. Tell you a few reasons why. First, let me go ahead and disparage your argument entirely, and then I'll go ahead and pepper in why the song's better. So, the first thing I'll say is just because he's Bruce Dickinson's son doesn't mean he automatically gets that sweet, sweet, sultry vocal acumen of the Dickinson name. I would argue that he sounds like a diet Matt Tuck on this song. Bad Tuck being the lead singer of Bullet for My Valentine. Anyways, let me, go back to, let me go back to my song. You mentioned a little bit of surpass on the fretboard. Go ahead and, and, and flip it on over to roughly the 235 mark on As I Lie Dying's Nothing Left. I would counter with, although this may not have the finger dexterity, it does have the punch you straight in the dick energy that you want in this type of song. Go ahead and play that part for me real quick. So just a little a little of their own flavor, a little of their own pass. So I would argue that nothing left by As I Lay Dying just gives you a little more oomph, a little more gumption, a little bit of more fire in the pants between the two songs. Those are my thoughts on this particular now, May track.
0: I counter that real quick? May I counter? Yes.
2: Now it's time for the counter arguments going okay, back to right, Rise to Remain. Nuts.
0: So at least with my solo, you could actually fucking hear it. That solo on Nothing Left is so muddled beneath the riff. You can't hear it. Mine was just crisp right at the top and just making love like a woman with a woman just (laughs) lady. Just
3: I'm
0: sorry, like you can't tell me that (laughs) Nothing Left by Riser Main is not good because it doesn't have that punchy guitar. Like, dude the guitars on your song were so muddled and all you
3: hear
0: is like at least you can understand my vocalist okay you can understand him
1: yeah Suck it. the question is do i want to understand them
0: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you want to understand him because uh also you know what i can't argue with a fucking idiot i'm sorry
1: Wow. Is that your counter? Um, <laughs> no,
0: yeah, it's like no my counter was the
4: fact that
1: name <laughs> <laughs> It's already begun. Playground rules are off the table. This is S- S- song one, y'all. <laughs> I know we have not going to make it past started. this one. <laughs> We're just going to all, all no, log look, off. But- all right. <laughs> Look,
2: Orion. Do you have counter sir, arguments?
1: Uh, oh, i not Oh, you, no, I, I even you, you are not content. finished. You I have more lyrical content. lyrical content. We will. We'll get to lyrical right, content. Let's do moment. it. I don't even need to worry about the the, the lyrics, baby. I want. <laughs> I, uh, I view it as more of an onslaught. Right when I listen to the song, it's like I'm part of a battle. I'm part of a, a just a brigade of warriors charging onto the field. I don't want to hear no little prissy pan flute fucking bullshit. I want to. hear... Here's some real strength and numbers. And I want a vocalist whose voice is powerful, not like a little sissy baby, little baby <laughs> sissy <laughs> Dickinson fake clone, Matt Tuck knock off little bitch. Uh, yeah. So anyways, my song's better. It's got more strength. And sure, maybe the guitar isn't isolated, but it doesn't need to be because I'm enjoying it the whole time. And maybe I can't understand a word Tim Limbasis is saying. But it's got oomph to it. And I believe the words that I can't understand when he says them.
0: But look, with my song, with Rise, Remain, Nothing Left, you get a song about that is emotional and it is about reaching out to your loved one, trying to overcome spiritual and emotional struggles, you know, with lyrics now the departed are laid to rest, and the single chance to reconcile is covered from the, with the earth. I heard her screaming, begging to the sky, all while the numbness calls all decency inside. That right there is her Lily screaming out for help because she is so dulled with pain on the inside. And it goes on, So sick of trying all the time, the blood's been spilled, and his spill, mind, and all that's left to breathe are empty words inside my head. So where are we at? Like, is she trying to find the escape or is he there to save her from that and i think that unfortunately within this song she does find the escape and i don't know if it's the right escape but all the bullets shall unload empty casings callous hold the loss of one begins to burn and i'll take the road when it's my turn you know i think this is a a great example of how you know, it's this is a song of nothing left. Like you're reaching out to your loved one and trying to bring them back from the edge, but they go over the edge. And how do you deal with that after the fact? And the song ends. I've bid farewell to those forsaken eyes, and I would hold you when there's nothing left. I'll never let you down. It's like you come back, and it's I'm getting chills just fucking thinking about it, man. You know. Think about your loved ones out there. You know, if they were to just try and say, I can't do this anymore, but you hold on to them for the, as strong as you can. But in the end, they're going to do what they want. And that's really, really sad. But that's why I love this song because you, when you hear the solo and it comes back and it's like, I bid farewell to those forsaken eyes, but I would hold you when there's nothing left. I'll never let you down. And maybe that's a way of saying. I'll never let you down even after you're gone.
1: Boom. Okay.
0: What does your song have?
1: It's got nothing left because it's all in raw power. No, this song has extremely intricate lyrical content, okay? It has an incredibly immersive and thought-provoking uh, kind of atmosphere to it, and in particular, it really fixates on this idea of having meaningless relationships and having a desire for material things and realizing that no one has anything in common anymore, there's nothing left, we're separated uh, by our intentions, and that the point is that we've reached a point in life where we can no longer hide those differences there's nothing left that people can share with one another and so in the lyrics it mentions lips of splendor and tongue of deceit all dying now as our fragile wrists hold only waste like the dead rising from an open grave there's nothing left and so thematically it's very powerful now does this have the super intricate complex lyrical content of like a power metal-esque song or ballad no no but it gets the message a point across in its simplicity, but it's very addicting simplicity that you want to listen to time and time again. I'm not here to read a book, okay? I was elected to lead, not to read. I am here <laughs> just to enjoy a banging-ass banging song. That's what I'm here for. That's what this song is here for. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing left but some kick-ass metal tunes that you want to go back to time and time again. We have heard from both sides of bout one. And now
2: it's time for Judgment. I've listened to both of your arguments. And I will be honest, I have heard neither of these songs before tonight. And I have heard both sides of of your stories. I agree, the first thing that I heard when I listened to Rise to Remains Nothing Left was a Wish.com version of Bullet for My Valentine. However... (laughs) Then I listen to As I Lay Dying's Nothing Left, which talks about meaningless relationships, or as I like to say, meaningless repetitive riffs that go nowhere. When it comes to the debates, I felt that Orion's main argument was more power, more power, with very little, maybe one musical element brought into play. Evidence, whereas more was brought in on Adam's side of Rise to Remains in terms of song structure, musicality, making love like a woman, and lyrical content. And therefore, I am awarding about one
1: to Adams Rise yes! to Remains. Fuck yes, unbelievable, it, you dumb bitch. Let me just read the stanza because <laughs> this might change your mind. Let me read this part. Okay, nope. How about lyrical Points content. Points have
0: been awarded. <clears throat> move, now move on to the next song. Shut so up. I say it real quick. Okay. Let me just
1: read this, okay? Nothing left. Nothing left. There's nothing left. Nothing left. <laughs> I think it's time for you to go ahead and swap those points of Rudy's <laughs> to this guy right here. As soon as you started reading lyrics, I went back through it, and I was just like, mm, Well not gonna I'm win fucked. this one. <laughs> but you know what? Dope song. Dope song. Anywho.
0: Alright, Chris? What's the next up for us?
2: Next up, we have a song titled Leviathan. One by a band called Volbeat, and another one by another band named Parkway Drive. Two different songs, same name. Adam, you begin with Volbeat's version of the song. <laughs>
0: All right, and next track, Leviathan by Parkway Drive.
4: No My thoughts round out. Resonate. 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 Resonate back. Yeah.
2: And now, opening arguments for Volbeat's version of Leviathan.
0: So, (laughs) I mean, it goes without saying. Musically, this has such a fun, groovy riff. And this is why metal music is so great. Because I I think the hardest thing about punk music is you have a three-piece. You have guitar, bass, and drums. Whereas with metal, you always have at least two guitars, maybe some keyboards, something like that. Whereas on this song, you've got someone on rhythm just doing this really tight, methodical riff on it. And then you have someone, the lead player over top doing just a really just bob and groove, just just over top. And I think it works super well. Um, and then, it, it just, vocally, you got some more clean vocals. You can understand what the fuck they're saying in the song. And I just think that the lead singer, uh, I think it's, um, fuck, I can't remember his name, uh, Michael Polson, he just has this very just, just strong, like, warmth in his voice where he can do these nice range where he pulls notes out. He's like, Leviathan, just, oh, it's so catchy, so catchy, and then, of course, the solo on this song, too, is also fucking ripping, so I just, you know, I, you know, this song, it's, this is a complete song, it's short and sweet, it's four and a half minutes, and you get in, you get out, and you, you come in with your pants dry, and you leave your pants wet, because it's just so fucking tasty, so.
2: And those are the opening arguments for Folbeat. Now, Parkway Drives version of this of another song named Leviathan.
1: Listen, a background montage song. I don't want to hear it. All right. It's time to talk about a real song. So I won't I won't argue. Sure. Uh, Leviathan by wait, I actually forgot. Oh, it's right. I'm Fullbeat. Uh Leviathan by Fullbeat, it, it fun. Groovy. The only thing that it b- brings to mind for me when I hear it is it's it's a background montage song. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all, right? Kicking the volleyball around in the sand or whatever. That's what's happening in the background during that song. But let's talk about Leviathan Eye by Parkway Drive because it has something in it called layers. There has multiple layers going on. There's a lot of shifts in tone. There's a lot of shifts in atmosphere throughout the song. It feels like you're going through different chapters as you progress through the song it doesn't feel like you're hearing the same 25 second snippet repeated for about three minutes as you have finished making your way across the beach there's a lot more going on in terms of well we're not going to get into the lyrical content right now but in terms of presence in terms of just raw uninhibited power both from the vocals the guitars just everything comes in really hot and heavy but it's not the same all the way through It, it changes quite a bit throughout So in particular, if you go to we can go ahead and probably say about 115-ish, there's a very short segment that I'd love to love to play there real quick. So just, just an awesome, just so much presence in that part of the song. And then even the transition to yet another different segment of the song that shifts it again. So I, it, there's just a lot of layers to it. It's a really, really cool song that every time you hear it, there's a little bit more that you can glean each time. Metalcore, for the most part, you just kind of go for the automatic stank face. And this song certainly produces the stank face, but there's so much more to it. So I would argue that this is not only a better... Rendition of a song with Leviathan as the title, I would argue that Leviathan I by Parkway Drive is a real S tier, tippy top, cream rising to the top iteration of what a solid metalcore song could be.
2: We've heard opening arguments. Now it's time for counters. Starting with Volby.
0: You're a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> um, let's see. So, in terms of why Leviathan by Volbeat is the far superior song. Again, let me just play a little snippet here for you on how this awesome solo is cuz where's the solo on the on your song? Hmm? Where's the solo on your song? I don't think, I don't think there is one. So, let's just just let's just take a quick gander. So, hold on. That was short, sweet, hammer to the gods. It was just in and out. It just showed you what you were, what the song is about. Because when you think about Leviathan, we're talking about this beast just emerging and ready to fuck shit up, and it's coming up and ready to just wreck your world. Uh, I mean, I think with <laughs> Leviathan, I it's like, hello, we know your eye, the Le- Leviathan. Like we don't need the whole you know fanciness about it. It's like just look, it's Leviathan. Be the beast. You don't need to be all fancy about it. We know who the fuck you are. Uh, but I think with Vol Beats, it's just, it's the better song. I think lyrically, vocally, it's just a lot more fun. It's a fun, catchy song. It's more upbeat. It's more uplifting. It, it doesn't make you want to fucking kill yourself. You know, at least with, again, Michael Polson's vocals, you can understand what the fuck they're saying. Winston's just like, blah, 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 blah. Like, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck you're saying. I don't know what the fuck you're saying. You know what I'm saying? saying? Mm, Just saying.
2: Counters from Parkway Drive.
1: Yeah, I guess I was just kind of finding myself tuning out when listening to that last (laughs) song, because it just kind of sounded like the menu music of Guitar Hero. I guess I just (laughs) forgot we were playing an actual song. Just running that formula of uh, menu music, menu music. Oh, insert guitar solo here. All right, menu music, menu music. So sorry, yeah, totally, totally zoned out there for a second. Uh, all right, let's get back to a song. Uh, so, sure, Leviathan. And I may not have, you know, that just formulaic, copy paste. Let's put a guitar hero or a guitar. Sorry, guitar solo in this section of the song because we forgot to insert guitar solo. But again, like I mentioned, there are multiple chapters to the song. And you know what? I'm just gonna throw in a last little bit. If you go to, let's just say 325, and just let the end of the song play out, sure, there's not a crazy guitar solo, but every aspect of the song brings you in. And even the outro may not be the most complex thing, but it's still great. So even though you have different aspects of the song that come through the very end of it, just your strong metalcore offering back to the roots, right? Showing that you can do the full circle encapsulation of everything that you want to see in a tasty, crispy, not just metalcore song, but metal song. And then at the very end of it, they roll down the windows, flip you the bird and say, yeah, like we're a fucking awesome metalcore band. Let's remind you of that real quick on our way out the door. So good stuff.
2: Final arguments from Volbeat.
0: So, I mean, I think lyrically the song has it, you know, you're talking about, you know, you have to think about our childhood where you look out the window and look out the window now as an adult and remember where you were as a kid. If you could look at the same oak tree as it grew when you were a kid and see it as it now, you see that it's gone, it's gotten bigger, it's gotten stronger Whereas this story is about a kid who is lonely and needs a friend and they're calling for the beast because they look out their window and they're just alone and they're afraid. But then this beast senses that someone that is not loved needs help. And that's where the opening lyrics, you know, Leviathan, where are you now? My secret friend from the underground, bring your waves and the thunder, make me believe forevermore. And it's almost like the, like, you know, is he at that like pubescent age where he's like Peter Pan, where he's, you know, will he forget about the magic? Will he forget about his best friend? And, you know, he's calling out, it's like, let me see you one more time. He's like outside my window, I can see the ocean where you used to be horns that sprout from your head, a glowing light near the surface. Like, he knows that he's still out there. But Leviathan knows that I can't come back. I need to go on to another another kid, another person that needs me to be in their life, right? And, you know, but maybe this kid's being bullied. And he's like, you said that, you know, you and I could make them all terrified and he would clean up the whole world. Like, make the world a better place. Leviathans are meant to destroy and destroy their opponents and make those that control the Leviathan the owners of the world, the kingdoms of their kingdom. Right. And, you know, I, I think that once that's done, you, you just see that he understands that Leviathan can't always be there for them. Like he needs to grow up. I mean, think of fucking toy story. Woody's not always going to be there. Leviathan's not always going to be there. But you can always live and die on the hopes and dreams that you once had, that they got you through one thing. But as an adult, they'll move you forward. And that's what I like about the song, is that it, thinks, it may make you think about the innocence lost of our childhoods. But knowing that we got here this far, we can continue. That's why Leviathan, this song is a lot better.
1: Final arguments from Parkway Drives. So I'm not I'm not gonna disparage anything you just said. I'm just gonna talk about the strength of what Parkway Drive has to offer on this one. So context-wise, we already we reviewed this album earlier on the podcast, so I'm not gonna do you know the full recap, but remember that this song is part of a full narrative from an entire album. And so to kind of give the Spark Notes version of it, it's a concept album that follows the story of a protagonist who essentially realizes the world he lives in is horrible and that there's a lot of unrest and there's just a lot of negativity controlling like every aspect of his life. So that's something that's kind of contemplated and discussed throughout the whole album and he hits a low point the protagonist of you know the story. And then with Leviathan I At that point in the story, he's snapping out of it and coming to a point of like, if I have to do this for myself, if I have to fight through this and kind of break through this mold, then that's exactly what I have to do. And so... They reference that uh, Nietzsche is saying that he who fights with monsters should look to himself, look to it that he himself does not become a monster. And when you gaze long into an abyss, the abyss also scare, gazes into you. So that's something that's referenced a few times throughout the song. So I think that from lyrical complexity and having deep, meaningful themes, particularly on this type of album, they knock it out of the park. Right. And I think particularly for a lot of metalcore songs even going back to possibly the first song that I defended on this very episode, some of the themes and and lyrics are not super impactful or really, really strongly thought out. And this song very much breaks that mold. So this idea of the protagonist becoming a monster himself when he's confronting with evil and then using that against the evil, that's making him kind of fall to his knees. So it's a fantastic song. That's part of a bigger story but it's a high point in that story and it's a high point in that album as well, I would argue. So I think it's, it's got the whole, the whole thing, everything you'd want to see in this type of song. It's got all of it. And the arguments have
2: been heard It is now time for judgment. I've heard both sides, Volbeat and Parkway Drive, and I've come to a decision. I've heard one of these two songs before. Um, The other one I have never heard except for Tonight. However, the arguments were more sound on one side than the other. One had Friedrich Nietzsche as an argument. The other had Peter Pan and mouth sounds. Uh, let's move. <laughs> let's talk about a little bit of Volbeat. Um, although I, I do like the band, I would argue that I never understand what the lead singer of Volbeat is saying. Um, I do like Rob uh, Caggiano when he left Anthrax and joined Volbeat. I feel like they went way up. Uh, this song, though, musically, it doesn't have a lot going for it. It has a neat little sound effect in the solo. Um, I didn't hear any other... Um, musical elements besides that there was a few more uh, mentions in Parkway Drives of various layers um, and I like the lyrical content that was mentioned it makes me want to listen to more of the album which I have not heard before Uh, so I probably I'm sorry I I just have not done it Uh, so when it comes to it sorry shares rocker billy band of Puff the Magic Dragon your song loses (laughs) to Parkway Drives Leviathan
0: Yes. Well, uh, that's fine. That, you're, you're the referee. I will take that in onus. also.
1: I just picture you just immediately ripping your microphone off the of throwing it out the window, <laughs> <laughs> just storming off. But you're taking it gracefully.
0: Yep, 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 yep. I Gentlemen, I am worried about that.
2: I am worried about this one. This next one. Is a song called "Welcome Home." Adam is defending one by Coheed and Cambria, and 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 Orion is having Metallica's "Welcome Home" sanitarium. So let's. It's going to be really hard for me to be impartial. That during Parkway Drive, during that middle part, I was really trying hard not to make that stank face. My mouth was like quivering of just wanting to frown harder. Couldn't do it.
0: Well, for this next track, you must be impartial.
2: I will. If you can somehow, let's let's do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this could be a shit show. Next track. the next track. Welcome home, sanitarium.
2: Opening Arguments, we have Coheed and Cambria's Welcome Home.
0: So, what more can be said about one of the most memorable opening riffs? This song changed the Guitar Hero game for a generation. It introduced a generation of metalheads to what metal could be. It is... Honestly, one of the most satisfying and catchy ass fucking riffs that has ever been played on a fucking guitar. And the fact that it's played on a double neck makes it even more tasty. You have, you know, story aside, probably the biggest song from Coheed and Cambria, that has topped the charts when everyone thinks coding Camber, you think of welcome home or the suffering i think to the average fan it's got just a weight between the stomp and groove of the bass and drums whereas i talked about before we have two guitars but this is just again it's two guitars but you have just such a tight, cohesive rhythm section that stomps you in your chest with every single note. I don't know where you can go wrong with not liking this song.
2: Strong opening arguments.
1: And now to Metallica. So we're going to not even, you know, emphasize the band, why is my sorry, my headphone there we go. not even going to emphasize the band itself or the album itself, right? We're not going to use that as as the argument. We're just going to talk about just the song itself here because that's the only fair way to play this. Welcome Home Sanitarium is such a phenomenal colossal powerhouse of a metal song from cover to cover. There is, I would argue, no aspect of this song that you can try to diminish. Guitar solos, check. Power vocals, check. Complexity, check. Bop and groove, back and forth, check. It has everything that you would want to see in a metal song. And the chorus itself, not going to get into the lyrics, but just the delivery of the chorus is so strong, so punchy and then just to get into the musical piece real quick could you just jump to 425 for me real quick We could keep going with that, but we won't because we we need this to be fair, right? We want to make sure we're incorporating other parts of this. So in closing on my opening argument, I'm just going to just ask actually one more time, if you could just actually jump to three minutes and three seconds for me. We're just going to let that be my closing argument.
2: You are allowed
1: one quote. You have used it. Ugh.
2: As per the rules, we are making up.
1: Right now, it's two seconds. Sorry, I do, do, it, not, do not need to next... hear. No, I do I not exactly need to hear. Those. what I'm talking about. Yes, I already know. I'll use it in my lyrical component then. I'll save it for the next round.
0: So, Orion, what did you say about your song again? I, I just want to make you hear. You say you said about lyrics and the vocal uh, and the guitar. What were you saying again? I, I-, I kind of forgot.
1: Cover. To cover every aspect banger. Okay, but what about this
0: song in particular?
1: What about this song in particular?
0: You, you mentioned about like some of the, how the guitars were great and the solos were great, right? Right?
1: You mean the music?
0: Yeah, the music and all that stuff. You said that was great. Mm-hmm. So is Welcome Home by fucking Cohen <laughs> and Camber, you like I don't understand what you're talking about. Like this song has such complexity cover to cover within the song and again we'll get to the lyrics later but th- this song has such a pinnacle piece of the overarching story whereas your song is just a i wrote a good song it's called welcome ha whereas this one is if you took this song out you'd be lost without us out of the story but my solo is just as phenomenal i mean i'm just saying like you have Claudio tearing it up on the fucking guitar. So I don't know how you can say what it, because it's by Kirk Hammett is better. I didn't, I didn't say his name once. I know you did, but that's what you implied. I know what you're fucking implying,
1: Orion. Okay. Making a lot of, uh, lot, of uh, lot of assumptions there, Adam. There, no,
0: no, there are no assumptions to be made. It's what you're implying, okay? And I'm just assuming what you're saying, okay? you just Gonna need to answer. hear
2: some of that them there solo.
0: uh, uh, Let me show you this solo. Give me one second. And the solo just keeps going on, and you know why the solo keeps going on? Because with Coheed, you have not one but two guitarists that can actually write a solo, not just one guy who goes just the right fucking hand. I'm such a good rhythm player. No, you have Claudio and the other guy. Can't remember his name right now, but they're both excellent soloists, and you have that Bob and groove to it with that. Ebb and flow, that dark and light where they're playing off with one another. Like it's just that solo is killer. And within you have these orchestral just elements that just build this grandiose song, which Welcome Home Sanitarium doesn't have. By the way, my song doesn't have parentheses. It's just Welcome Home.
2: And we are it's- ending your time there, going back to
1: Metallica, restarting the timer. Yeah. So here's what I'll say about the Coheed Welcome Home song you know when it comes in? It's got a pretty cool intro. And the song is overall, it's pretty cool until the singer opens his mouth. And then it just really goes downhill. It sounds like he's singing like he's desperately trying not to step on mousetraps while he's holding his ball sack in his hands as he's just kind of creeping down the hallway. I also appreciate how you mentioned the guitar solo. It did remind me of somebody trying to hold their guitar while they're falling down the stairs. But otherwise... (laughs) It's okay. Uh, Last thing I'll throw out there, just in defense of Metallica, you you mentioned kind of the light and dark, and the guitarists being able to work off of one another. Could you just jump to five fifteen and Sanitarium for me, real quick? I thought we we are doing
2: one total musical quote. Um, That's the new rule.
1: Okay, new rule. Well, anyways, I don't. I'll just go ahead and say because I mean you mentioned the guitarist names for Coheed, James and Kirk. The duality between the two of them is incredible on most Metallica songs and I think this song encapsulates it particularly well so I'll end my argument there I think that's most of my time but uh yeah I, I think that you know the points that you made about them not working together can't really make that against James and Kirk so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to nix your argument there so that's all I got to say
2: final arguments from Coheed and Cambria
1: so
0: lyrically again we talked about you know we talked about with Europe with your Leviathan where it was part of a bigger story, which is, that's what Cody is about. They have albums that are part of these grandiose adventures. And this song is, why it is so much better because it is the pinnacle aspect of the story. With Welcome Home, it details dark, vindictive visions had by the story's god character, the writer, in which he gets revenge on Erica Kurt the woman who cheated on him and derailed his life by burying her alive. It is one of the band's most popular singles, helped by its presence in various media, with guitar hair and all that shit, and it's their most impactful. I mean, lyrically, it is the core and epicenter of the album of Good Apollo. And when you look at, when you have to do your, in a reflection about what this song can really mean to you, think of yourself as the hero. Are you the hero or the villain? And I think that I am the hero and that is why the song is better. And I think that this is why, with the impact that this song has live, with this lyrical, you have, I think 3,000 Coheed fans will react louder and stronger to this song than 10,000 Metallica fans would to Welcome Home. Because this song is just the creme de la creme of what they have produced in terms of musicianship and composition. Whereas Welcome Home Sanitarium, it's a filler track that it gets a loud roar, but... That's about it.
2: And we're going to end your arguments there and go to the final arguments for Metallica's side.
1: So we want to talk about lyrical content, the impact of it, the complexity of it, the kind of emotions that it evokes. And in terms of bringing that to the front and center, Sanitarium does that. Unrivaled, the idea of being trapped in an asylum, in a sanitarium, where you have individuals who are essentially trying to tell you how your mind should be and the way you should be viewing the world. And you're trapped in this hellscape. And even in the lyrics, it says, I see our freedom in my sight. No locked doors, no windows barred, no things to see make my brain seem scarred. So you're seeing your opportunity to leave. It's right there in front of you. You're seeing freedom right out there, but you can't actually obtain it. Instead, you're being controlled. And this is something that everyone can relate to, whether it be literally a mental institution, it can be a bad relationship, it can be like a stressful work environment, just your day-to-day life, just like you're feeling trapped, that claustrophobic feeling of being trapped in the situation you don't want to be in. So just at the front center, it's something that you can everybody can relate to. But then in terms of just the, the power punch, in terms of just evoking those feelings of wanting to escape or overcoming an obstacle or just getting out of the situation you're in, so... They think our hands are our, our heads are in their hands, but violent use brings violent plans. Keep him tied. It makes him well. He's betting, He's getting better, can't you tell? No more can they keep us in. Listen, damn it, we will win. They see it right. They see it well, but they think this saves us from our hell. Lyrical, just perfection. It evokes so much emotion, so much imagery. It's just incredibly powerful. Regardless, frankly, of the writer, those are powerful words. Last thing I'll mention is you had mentioned that, you know, what is it, 3,000 Coheed fans would more loudly emphasize and defend their song than 10,000 Metallica fans or whatever. I would argue that the loudest voice in the room seldom belongs to the most intelligent mind. That's my closing argument.
2: And with that, I have heard both sides. But what we're going to do is, uh, I'm going to be honest, I have heard both of these songs before um, this, uh, of course and adam the 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 scales were stacked high against you i very much dislike coheating Cambria. i came in here with a, i'm like <laughs> i'm going to listen to your argument but it's going to take a lot and and most of your arguments were baby voice so that didn't help your cause so we'll just stay with that just what making the fuck funny what does that mean baby I
0: voice i mean oh
2: sanitary oh, it is little oh, okay, okay
0: okay okay okay
2: and uh, the f- fact that you said that Sanitarium is a filler track without act bursting into flames or James Hetfield coming out and biting off your nuts, it just just wows me um,
0: to, that, the that musical, lasted, Jeff, to the musical to the
2: musical ca- uh, musical things when you play the solo of uh, this song, the beginning of it. And, and I just, it's the, it's like, like Orion argued, the vocals of Coheed and Cameron. It's like, it's like uh, Getty Geddy looking over them and just shaking his head in sadness. Like, it's just not, not, I can't do it. And then the fact that he's just making all these weird mouth sounds while the first solo is going doesn't help that. And then when you mentioned there's two guitarists, I'm like, it took two of them to do this. Doesn't hold a candle to the guitar work in, any metallica song it's and the fact that if that's the highest that they have i i mean i can't even it's 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 a no-brainer this is metallica's through and through this even if i had ner- heard neither one it,
1: it's a clear cut which is the better song this one admittedly is a ridiculously unfair battle and I will say candidly before we even move on, props to you, buddy, because you you fought a hell You of
2: did, a You did fight a battle.
1: And here's the other thing I'll admit. I like this song. I like the Coheed Welcome Home song. And I've joked with Adam before, I think the intro and the actual musicality of that song is pretty sweet. I don't like the vocals or the solo, but the song itself is actually yeah, pretty
2: I, I felt bad for you because immediately when I saw Coheed on there, I, I instantly frowned
0: and shook my head. So it, it was it was, was a hard not, one to be. It impartial. was going to be an uphill battle for sure. But valiant yeah, hey, valiantly. We, we, had we, we had fun. We had fun. We did hard, have but... a good time. Chris, what's next, buddy? What's next? Pick pick a new song. Uh,
2: okay. We're now going to do a song called Halloween, one by King Diamond, and one by Halloween. And now we're going to listen to the King Diamond song Halloween. <laughs>
0: And now, Halloween by Hell Oween.
2: Now opening arguments for King Diamond's song, Halloween.
0: I mean, <laughs> with King Diamond, you, you've got King Diamond. Okay. You've got, you know what you're going to fucking get into. You have these just over the top, just phenomenal, solid vocals within the song. You have just a very tight rhythmic guitar. And I feel like any song, we've talked about this all the time, any song that just opens the doors with a just kick in the dick, kicking the doors wide open, just, Oh, it's Halloween! Like, okay, yes, I'm in for it, buddy. Let's fucking rock and roll. And it just, then it just, it drops, and just has this galloping groove all throughout, like, this... It's short and sweet. It's not just a trudgy thirteen-minute piece of shit. Like it just it it gets in and gets out. It's four minutes. Like it's fun. It's got everything you want in King Diamond or Merciful Fate kind of type of song where it's got these awesome vocals, crunchy guitars, just sweet rhythms in and out.
1: We're good. That's what I got.
2: Great opening arguments, and now to
1: Halloween. Well, to get the obvious aside, the band is called Halloween, and the song is Halloween. Just saying, if there's going to be somebody who's a master in this arena, got to be the band that's basically named the same thing. Anyways, talking about the song itself, it has such a cool atmospheric intro, and then once it gets rocking and rolling and it grooving, it makes you want to shake. Get ass and get <laughs> it going, baby. Because this song is fun. It is groovy. It's got some energy and excitement. And it's just got your gyrating at the hips ready to throw on your mask. And get that sweet, sweet candy. So I, <laughs> this song is so much fun. And I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's not comical, but almost comical. It's such a fun song. And it it's heavily aware of what it is literally a song about running out into the night, putting on your mask and enjoying halloween. Like you can't ask for a more straightforward interpretation of that song or, or of of halloween. Going out to people's doors, trick or treating, feeling the seeing the spirits arise, make your choice, it's hell or paradise. Ah, it's halloween, ah, it's tonight. I I love it. It's it's such a fun song. And again, it's just It's just great all through and through. It just really captures the spirit of Halloween in a a fun, addicting way that you can enjoy year after year, much like the holiday of its namesake.
2: Well, after that heartwarming uh, opening arguments, let's go back to some counters from King Diamond.
0: I mean, you say that and while I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you this. You're right, it is a decent song. But you can listen to this grandiose epic three fucking times than it would take you to listen to one of your Halloween songs. There's no fucking rhyme or reason to listen to it for 13 fucking minutes. I don't get it. When you have... You do talk about the grandiose of like, oh, you know, the the joys of Halloween. It's like, Halloween, you are my pride. Halloween, not just a dream. It's just, it's right there in the lyrics. Like if you do a, a you know, extrapolate upon what the fuck Halloween is, have you ever experienced Halloween? Just go, I, I just, I don't understand. It's look up, the moon is full. And guess what? The, de- the demon's eye, the devil's eye, Will he ever die? No. Because guess what? Halloween will always fucking live. And when you have fucking King Diamond going, Oh, it's Halloween! Like, that just makes it fucking better. And you're just like, yes! Like, sing to me, please. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, you have King Diamond doing this. I, I know he said we can't name drop and be like, ooh, it's this band. Mic drop. You have King Diamond doing this. I'm sorry. You have Halloween doing a 13-minute just epic. It doesn't make fucking sense when you can get in and out, get your candy and like be on your third pack of Reese Cups. By the time you're like, I ran a Reese Cups and they're still playing this goddamn song. It's fucking worthless. Fucking worthless. That's why Halloween belongs to King Diamond. Strong counters.
2: And with three seconds on the clock, (laughs) going back to Halloween's song of the same name.
1: Well, you know, I hear what you're saying. You mentioned King Diamond being kind of the spirit of Halloween and the the lyrical content of that song, which we'll dive more into it a little bit, just encapsulating it. Again, I would argue that Halloween's uh, Halloween's rendition of Halloween really captures the whole spirit, the whole atmosphere, everything about it. One thing I do want to point out that is interesting is you mentioned at 13 minutes, oh, God, the song just goes on. It's so long and long songs are bad. I wonder if you've ever heard a song, a little song called Rime of the Ancient Mariner by Iron Maiden, which is also exactly 13 minutes long. So, you know, I hear what you're saying, but you know what? Much like Halloween, I don't want to Potato, end-
0: potato. You can't compare different bands. I'm sorry. You can't do that. You can't do that.
1: I just did, baby. I just did. Can't do it. Okay. Well, anyways, back to Halloween, Halloween. Much like the night of Halloween, when you're in the spectacle, in the spirit of it, in your knee deep in Reese's Cups, you don't want the night to end. And I don't want this song to end. And so I get to enjoy it for roughly half the episode of a TV show. And, <laughs> and I'm not mad about it, baby. I'm not mad about it. Uh, I enjoy it. So I, thanks... Thank you for bringing up that the song is 13 minutes long. So anybody who's listening is like, man, I want some more of that shit. Well, guess what? You get 13 minutes of it. So hold on to your butts. It keeps going.
2: And with that, I'm now moving to our final closing argument, which I hope will have a lot of lyrical content. That's what I'm here for. Let's go. With King Diamond.
0: I mean, I think with King Diamond and Mortal Fate, you don't need a lot they give you a little and you take a lot away from it. Okay. Oh, it's Halloween. Every night to me, it's Halloween. Like an agent scene, you know, just what I mean. Halloween, you are my pride. Halloween, just not a dream. The moon is full. Ah! Another perfect day has begun like a demon's eye, that devil's eye. Will we ever die? Halloween, you're my pride. Halloween, not just a dream. Every night will be another evil scene. Like in horror dreams, I want, command you to scream. Halloween. You don't need anything more than that. I'm sorry. This paints the scene to make you want to scream, whether it's in your dream or when you're painting an evil scene or you are gonna watch Freddy Krueger slash bitches on the screen, okay? Like it's Halloween. Who doesn't know who Halloween is? And like lyrically, it's like when you when you pair the lyrics to King Diamond and and, and Marcel Fate, right? But you, you just you tie that in, right? King Diamond, he he is this just screeching, just a siren. The vocals command you to listen when he speaks. In that alone should demand why Halloween is the better song.
2: All right.
1: And closing arguments for Halloween's Halloween. I will give you props for that tasty wordplay. I heard a lot of rhyming going on and I liked it. Power to you there. Anyways, back to the shit talking. Uh, I... Can't really say anything bad about King Diamond, so I'm just not even going to. Instead, one of the things you reference, you talk about the the sinister, kind of evil spectacle of Halloween. There's some aspects of Halloween's Halloween that does that. For example, again, make your choice. It's hell or paradise, right? Like, that's the idea of it. Like, it could be this evil, very, like, sinister, terrifying thing, or it could just be a fun spectacle. So, you know what? I'm going to take a little gamble here, and I'm going to reference... A section of the song that is so wildly innocent and happy, and yet it's in the middle of such a badass metal song. Someone sitting in a field, never giving yield, sitting there with gleaming eyes, waiting for big pumpkin to <laughs> arise. Bad luck if you get a stone, like the good old Charlie Brown. You think Linus could be right? The kids will say it's just a stupid lie. That are the actual lyrics in the middle of middle of the song, and you know what? I hear it, and I want to march my ass outside and sit in the pumpkin patch with Linus and wait for the great pumpkin to arise. Because that's what this song does for me. It brings me the spirit of Halloween, both on the phantasmical, crazy, spiritual, scary, sinister side, but also on that innocent... And harkening back to what you said on the second song of this debate... That innocence of childhood, bringing back to a simpler time. Hearing that just makes you want to go and enjoy Halloween for all. Even its innocence, that part is positive and and very, very special too. So, yes, that's it for me. Your arguments have been heard, and now it's time for judgment.
2: So, on King Diamond's side, I love this song. And on Halloween side, I equally love this song. This was the one that was going to be the hardest for me to judge. That's the one that I picked. Yep, I am. would be the hardest. I am. um, You all had some pretty good arguments, which is funny because both of these songs are pretty dumb. (laughs)
3: Let's be honest.
1: (laughs) Right. Listen, Chris, (laughs) just like the good old Charlie Brown, I'm about to throw a goddamn stone at your face if you ever brought these songs again. So...
2: um. Yeah, I, this was a really hard one. Like your arguments are both sound. I I, I agree with basically everything you guys said. Um, I, I I'm having a lot of trouble here. I honestly did not realize how long Halloween's or Halloweens Halloween was. Also, two funny things about that song in particular. I always think they're saying masturbate at the very beginning of the song instead of masquerade every time. Did you play that real quick? I
1: think we need to hear that this is another do to do Dave Mustaine moment uh-huh. I'm like why am I wearing a mask but anyway <laughs> well, it helps it's the only way you can <laughs> it's you. probably right um, I'm
2: <sighs> okay so I'm judging this on that I'm like is there a song that has dumber lyrics than King Diamond's Halloween yes Halloween's <laughs> Halloween. I also don't think Michael Keist can say the word Halloween. It just always sounds like Halloween. And I'm going to uh, also base this on the fact that a Halloween song is longer than most Halloween excursions. King Diamond wins this one. Oh,
3: man. Woo! Bears. Bears. suck it, you, dumb bitch.
2: Damn. It man. was a hard one. That hurt my soul. I'm like, I don't want to choose either one, but
1: I picked that one. That would have been a draw, I feel like, if that was an option.
0: Yeah, all right, buddy. We're
1: two for two now. We are two for two. You know what, Chris? I think that I think it's we just time want for, to go the for a timebreaker tiebreaker. Tiebreaker.
2: This is it. Um, for the tiebreaker, we have a song co-written by both bands called Hellraiser. Motorhead recorded a version, and Ozzy Osbourne recorded a version. Adam, you'll be taking the Ozzy Osbourne side. So let's go ahead and take a listen to those. <sighs>
0: And now for Motorhead's.
2: Opening arguments for Ozzy Osbourne's version of Hellraiser.
0: All right. So, for Ozzy's version of Hellraiser, which <coughs> it's the same damn song. Let's just put that out there now. But we can't compare, you know, musical prowess or lyrical content. It's the same goddamn song. It's who covered who. Ozzy did it first. Ozzy has the more polished version. I think it's cleaner. It's slicker. Ozzy's vocals in 1991 from No More Tears are rock fucking solid. Ozzy's on the top of his fucking game. You know, you've got Zach Wild on this. He's tearing it up. He gives a nice, tight vibe to the band. You have Randy Castillo on drums, you know, Bob Daisley back on bass. So you have this nice funky groove in the song. I mean, I, I just think like the cleanness, the cleanness, cleanliness of the song with Ozzy's vocals where it's got this very posh kind of vocals coming down, where it's just, Ozzy is the Hellraiser, I mean, look what he did all throughout the 70s and 80s, tearing up hotel rooms, you know, snorting ants, just being basically 1% cocaine at all times, you know, Ozzy is the man, Ozzy is the prince of fucking darkness, he is the Hellraiser. Like, I, I just don't understand how you can say that anyone is not the Hellraiser when he's looking at Ozzy. Like, he's at the top of his game. The song sounds great. You've got Zach, Bob. It's just a fucking great song. Great fucking song.
2: Strong opening arguments moving to the
0: Motorhead
1: side of things. So, this is the other side of the coin. And I'm glad that you brought up how clean and tidy the Ozzy version is as the Prince of Darkness. It's. A very heavily produced, clean, polished version. But my argument is, is that you what you want for a song called Hellraiser about being in the thunder and heat and rocking you back in your seat? This song you should be like covered in sweat and grit, and motorcycle oil, just getting there dirty. And the <laughs> Lemmy version does that perfectly. Ozzy himself said, "There's only one Lemmy. There's never been one before, and there ain't gonna be one after." And I think that Hellraiser is such a perfect capturing of yes, Motorhead, but in this instance, Lemmy in particular. Like for me, Lemmy embodies Hellraiser. Like he is the embodiment of what the song is about. Like, he's iconic. Like if you try, if you think of metal icons, you think of people who are in that industry, just like front runners. Yes. Ozzy is the Prince of Darkness, and he's obviously very ubiquitous in metal. But in this instance, if you want that like raw, aggressive strength and just dirty, hell-raising fury, Lemmy takes the cake. I mean, he's the metal god in this instance. This song—it's—it's it's interesting because again, they're—they're they're two sides of the same coin. This is the chunkier, heavier, grittier, bass-thumping iteration of it. And I think you can make arguments for a lot of songs that you want that clean, polished, produced look and feel and sound. Hellraiser ain't one of them. You want that raw, uninhibited power pedal to the metal version. And I think that Motorhead's version does that better. All right. And now to the counters. I I disagree, buddy.
0: Hellraiser on Ozzy's was meant to be a single. Whereas on... March or die. It was a filler track. It was meant to like. Well, I wrote this song a year ago. We need space in the album. Throw it on there. And you're saying that you want it to be dirty and grungy. I disagree. When I think of Ozzy, you know, it reminds me of like Talladega Nights. Like, how do you picture your baby Jesus? Well, I picture my baby Jesus like you know, you know, a fire retardant suit, just fucking kicking ass (laughs) on the racetrack. I like picture my my baby Jesus like. like, uh, Two foot three saint just fucking chugging buckbosters. Butt- well, I like to pic- picture my Ozzy as the Hellraiser, just like he was on the Down to Earth album cover, where he is literally the embodiment of Christ who is there to raise hell against the world and punish all the non believers and put them in their place. Okay? That he is there to. Fuck shit up, and he is the hellraiser in that I see this beacon, this aura that rises around him, and it just, it's just—it's almost like a, just a power up. We just rising up and just slamming on the ground and it just causes this fucking sonic boom, this sonic wave that casts down the non-believers. That he is the disciple who is. Raising hell and raising it down, raising Cain against people. And he's raising it down people like you who think that the Motorhead dirty, chunky version is the better version. Because you're an idiot. Because this was meant to be the single. It was released before Lemmy for a reason. Because Ozzy knew it was better. And he did it first. So suck it.
2: Good counter arguments. Right on the buzzer. It's suck it. Now we go to (laughs) Motorhead's counters
1: resorting to name calling yet again i see well anywho let me move on so you you know you mentioned the no more tears album and ozzy being kind of at his peak the creme de la creme interestingly enough let me wrote several songs on that album for no more tears i believe it was four if not more so that's interesting that you mentioned that so hmm and then yeah, this wasn't designed to be a single. Lemmy has that more authenticity to the song. The idea wasn't to make it a marketing ploy to just have a single that people are going to gobble up and gobble all over. He wanted to make a song that was really about the metal and about raising hell. And uh, hmm, who was in Motorhead's music video for Hellraiser? Oh, yeah. Hellraiser was in Motorhead's music video for Hellraiser. Interesting, isn't That So again, if we're talking about authentic, what is more authentic than having one of the most badass people in metal in a song about Hellraiser playing poker with the fucking Hellraiser? You can't top that, buddy. You just can't. Prince of Darkness or not, gotta bow before the metal god, Lemmy, and the Hellraiser himself. End of argument. Closing arguments for Ozzy's side.
0: I mean, closing arguments, (laughs) there needs to be none. He did it first. And, I mean, yes, they co-wrote the song together. But he has the better voice. He has the better ability to Welcome fans to metal. I'm sorry, you have Black Sabbath, and you have Ozzy. That when you hear an Ozzy song, you hear Hellraiser. That is the beacon, the the funnel, the siphon that brings the non-believers into the realm. That can say, "Oh, Ozzy's got these great vocals." Hellraiser. Hell. It's like, "Oh, I love that song. That's great." What else you got? And you hear. Lemmy's like, okay, Grandpa, put down your fucking Paul Malls or your goddamn Newports and let me understand what the fuck you're saying, right? Ozzy's got that clean voice. It's polished, top of his game. Whether or not Lemmy wrote it or not with him, it's that Ozzy has the better voice to sing the goddamn song and to bring metalheads into the world, okay? And then you can go down the rabbit hole and find more shit. And what does Ozzy's Motorhead have? Ace of Spades. That's all you got, okay? With Ozzy, you get all his back catalog. You get all his Black Sabbath catalog. I mean, I think with Hellraiser, you have a a beacon, one of these bad boys that just hones you in. Just come to me and listen to Hellraiser. Listen to this awesome song I wrote. And then you can experience so much more with my back catalog, my previous band. You're not going to get those other bands, but you'll get with the Aussie.
1: All right. Final arguments from Motorhead. Interesting that we're kind of going full circle on this, because I believe when we were starting Metallica, you immediately said, Let's not talk about the name of the band or other stuff they've done or other albums that have come out or anything. And here you are dropping Black Sabbath and other discography from Ozzy. But that's okay. I'm going to go ahead and just forget about that. But you know what? It helps to illustrate my point, which is this. You mentioned how, you know, how many people this song could dra- draw in or bring people to metal and how arguably marketable it is and, you know, the capitalistic gains of Hellraiser. But you know what? I would argue that that's not what Hellraiser was written for or what Hellraiser is about. It's about raising hell, which is what metal is about. So Lemmy didn't release the song with Motorhead in the hopes that it would get on the airwaves. They released Hellraiser to raise fucking hell. So I argue that in the spirit of that song... Motorhead does it more authentically.
0: Well, well let, let me let me counter-counter that real quick. I don't because think counter-counter. I'll allow no, it. No, it's the last song. We're countering that. Okay. Because, okay. alright, name any of the band members from Lemmy's band that did anything better. You know who did better shit with Ozzy's band? Zach Wild. You have Black Label Society. And now... Look who he's touring with. Fucking Pantera. I'm sorry, like, you have the man that has been best friends with Dimebag, which is from Pantera, another huge metal band. He, in his own right, with Black Label Society, is also their own solid metal band. He's played with Ozzy. Like, that alone should disconnect. Like, this guitarist on the album... Is doing well you have again bob daisley which is one of the most f- phenomenal bass players you have randy castillo who also has played with all these other amazing bands and who's who's let me have he's got fucking the animal and some other guy That's let's it.
2: hear from final counters for motor breath and then judgment, judgment.
1: It's you know you're you're talking about all these kind of disparate webs. I love Zach Wells. I love Pantera. I thought we were talking about Hellraiser. I didn't realize we were trying to argue the net worth of everyone within the band, but that's okay. So I'm going to go the opposite direction, and instead of talking about all the other stuff people did in other bands, I'm going to mention that Phil Wizzo Campbell played guitar with for motor, Motorhead from '84 to 2015 because he believed in it and he stuck with it. And he didn't need to go in all these other disparate journeys because he knew that Motorhead was the truth and just had to stick it out with Motorhead. So, no, I'm not going to counter by saying, oh, these people did this or that band did that or that did that. I'm just going to say, Lemmy Hellraiser. He is the embodiment of it. That's all, that's all that needs to be said.
2: Ending arguments and going to final judgment. Who wee guys? This is a tough one also to judge. Um, and I'm going to take my bias, because I have a heavy bias on the song, as you know, of most things. And I'm going to go purely on the arguments that you two made. <laughs> All right. So when it comes to this particular song, Lemmy and Ozzy have collaborated on many things before and, you know, done stuff, not not maybe musically, but in terms of writing and I agree with what Adam was saying when it comes to the Aussie version of it is much more pristinely produced. Um, I, I mean, it goes without saying that the guitar work on there is very much a Zach Wild influenced uh, solo set of riffs, and when Motorhead plays it, it's not as good. Like they, they try and emulate it, but they don't get there um I really love lemmy's bass tone as I always have it, it's it's so shitty it's good like it just has that really like broken speaker sound Boxed to it for some rest yeah it just really hits it yeah. they did a 30th anniversary where they mashed the vocals yeah. together however I really wish they just because lemmy's barely in he's in there but he's definitely a background singer in that version yeah. if they just popped his bass on there with Zach Wild I would have been much happier if they did that but they, wasn't really as prominent as i'd like i'm glad you brought up the the ray bradley thing there um the the hell the original hellraiser act because this was in hellraiser 3 i just watched all 11 recently and this was one of the singles in it i know there's a lot um but without any of those bias adam when it comes down to it you did a lot of name dropping it is a huge catalog a huge back catalog with a prolific group of musicians that have worked together uh, and created some amazing music, each on their own um, uh, project as well. Like you mentioned back label society, I felt like your arguments were more name dropping, more clout than actually mentioning the song itself. Your main argument for this song was it sounds more pristine. It's a better produced song. Um, Whereas I felt like the Motorhead version of it was a little more uh, embellished in Orion's arguments. I'm going to say, although I personally musically like the Ozzy Osbourne version better, I think Orion argued it better, so he is getting the win for this.
1: I will also admit something right now. I like the Ozzy version better, but... (laughs) this was on arguments and that's
2: what i decided
0: no and that is totally fine i was like you were like adam you did good (laughs) but (laughs) yeah but you sucked
1: no you did no i i had to really pull out all the stops on this one uh i feel pretty good about the stance i made and don't get me wrong i love motorhead's rendition of this but if you're like hey which one would you rather listen to Aussie. more often than not i'm gonna want to listen to the aussie version unless yeah. i'm again if i'm like if it's a hot sweaty day and i'm mowing the lawn i'm a lesson to hellraiser by motorhead
2: and now as Look. we all learn from airheads Mo- lemme is god like you yes. kind of already were <laughs>
0: trick question well, real quick though but uh, Ryan, are you ever mowing the lawn no because fucking oh greg gregory <laughs> no, I whipping no. it on the fucking ride lawnmower
1: not anymore baby i did he's I did, like i'll be out there it.
0: buddy i'll be there in three hours give me a minute
1: He's God, driving the, the lawnmower best. there. It's the, it's the best. It's That's the great. best. But no, I love I love both versions of the song. That was that one's fun. That one that was, was a tough it, argument, particularly. So
0: fun. yeah, right. So this one, like this song and I the Storm, right? They were the two songs that really got me thinking about doing this whole episode. Yeah, it was because when we heard that 30th anniversary epi- that edition of you had Ozzy and Lemmy, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know, I didn't know Ozzy had a version of, of Hellraiser.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Until that third thing, I was like, were they just friends? And they did a, a duet. But then I went back, I was like, oh shit, I know they had one. So I listened to it, I was like, oh, it does have that dirtier version. I was like, oh, I like that a lot better. I do like that a lot better. Hmm. But but I have always known the Ozzy version. I like that polish. I like that cleanliness to it. I think it is I do prefer that. I do prefer. It. I, I was, I was. I liked the Motorhead, like because it was dirty. Like mm, this is nice. It's grungy. I liked it for a bit, uh, but I do prefer Ozzy's. Um, but I didn't know that they co-wrote the song, which is why I wanted to do it because it wasn't a because this one wasn't. It wasn't a cover. Like we could say, well, they both wrote the song, and they both recorded it, so we can battle it. That was the fun part about it. Um, but this was. An extremely extremely fun exercise um i i'm glad it went you know three out of five and and we did this we got more songs in the pipeline to do this again yeah uh, but this is what makes metal the most fun is the fact that we can all be friends and it's like i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna be on your side but i've got to play devil's
1: advocate yeah. for a lot of See? this shit. I will say, I mean, I felt like I could get into a pretty good rhythm on a vast majority of these. I will admit the very first song we did and you're like, here's the lyrical content and like, here's the complexity of it. I'm like, nothing left. There's nothing left. Uh, (laughs) Don't
3: have much else to say.
2: I appreciate you letting me moderate this. This was a lot of fun for me, too. When I first saw the list and I'm looking at the songs now, I instantly thought Volbeat, and Halloween would win like I those two flip flop for me based on your arguments Um, and then the Hellraiser when I'm like oh this is going to be tough I I don't know Uh the other the first one I had no idea because I'd never heard it Um, but yeah it was interesting to see how it played out you guys uh did shift my mindset on a few of these not all of them but it was an interesting exercise for sure I, 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 I will say
0: Welcome was a fucking up Blood battle battle is-
2: <laughs> there was no chance <laughs> I knew both but, songs too well and I was like hmm
0: I tried my, but I tried my best. I tried. My you best. did
1: no. You fought a valiant battle. Both of you had some very good points. Halloween. I am. I was tickled that Halloween was the most difficult one for you because that was the one I picked. That I was like, I wonder what. I don't think he's going to have an answer on this one. Uh, no matter how we shake it. That's another one to lift the veil between the two. I'm more often going to listen to Halloween by King Diamond. Because uh, I, you know, don't have time to dedicate. I well, can an listen to it three
2: times as many times in the same amount of time. Well, next time when I take when I take, when I I take I my
1: son trick or treating, I'll play Halloween by Halloween once, and then I'll know it's time to go back home. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's exactly what it is.
1: <laughs> half a TV show, half a TV show. Well, this is fun, boys. Uh, I'm glad we got more in the pipeline. I think this is a good way to go about this. I think we we got the. You know, I, I think I'm ready to go take the bar and make my arguments, Yana. Yes.
0: Yes, so Chris, thank you for being our referee for this uh, evening. I definitely appreciate that, and uh, thank you for your unbiased opinions and having a a clear level head on some songs, although I may have disagreed with you vehemently on two of them. Um, I should have won this single-handedly 4-1 to for sure. (laughs) Again, uh, we definitely appreciate all the support week in and week out. Please continue to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, The Metal Oasis Podcast, and continue to listen to us on all the streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, all that shit where you know you will listen to it. We appreciate all the feedback. And please, for this episode in particular, give us your feedback. Let us know which songs that you think would have won in the battle because this was definitely a fun and close battle i'm glad it wasn't a fucking Blood bath. a bloodbath or a slaughter that i thought it would would have been uh but let us know what your feedback because you definitely want to hear what you think about metal and these metal songs and these metal throwdowns in particular um, so with that being said
1: ryan you got anything else other there buddy if you have any other suggestions for battle songs that we didn't do, we got a few in the pipeline, but if you have ones that you're just like, what the hell, why didn't you do yada yada, let us know. We'll do yes. it in the future. Yes,
0: And and that's what we want to do. Um, we have about six or seven other songs that were in the pipeline that we wanted to get to, but didn't have enough time, but it's out there, so there may be a volume two coming soon. Um, but if you have any suggestions, let us know because that's what I love about doing this kind of shit because it's it's the same song title Who Shall Reign Supreme and that's the most fun. So, Chris, anything for you, buddy?
2: No, man. Um, if you guys are still doing This Is Music, you guys got to check out that Scorch Quadrant, that new single from uh, Scar Symmetry. Adam, me and you talked about that a bit. Jeff um, texted
1: me about that today, too.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good one, although I'm very rarely disappointed by those guys, so
0: Yes, uh, I did listen to it, and it is a fantastic song. I well, did it like should some be for
2: nine years. <laughs> I'd uh, do
0: like some scar cemetery. We should do that. We should if do I'm, an album review together, buddy. Do matter been.
2: dimensions? I'd be all over that.
0: You could join what? us. Let's do a little. How about, how about morphogenesis? That one's good too. Well, all right. This is fun, well, boys. That this has been fun, and I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Thank you, Ryan. Chris, I will catch you on the flip side.
1: Latro bros. Bye-bye. <laughs>